I always find it funny that I have to come out after they do songs that are just like, make me want to go do something other than be here. Don't take that the wrong way, but it's like, it's kind of got a little catchy thing, makes me want to go to the gym or something. Um, yes, I listen to Katy Perry in the gym, deal with it. Well, let's back up for a minute. I want to deal with something first. Gary doesn't want to be a hypocrite, but he has no problem throwing me out here and letting me be the hypocrite. Let's, let's just go ahead and address that issue first. Hey, Gary's been doing this series called Emoji. He's dealt with some really fun things. How many of you have gotten to deal with something that he preached on the next week, like a couple of weeks ago when he talked about anger? How many of you had to work with some anger that next week? Okay. When he talked about how to deal with crappy people, anybody have to deal with crappy people the next week? I'm not talking about your spouse. It's not marriage counseling. Some of y'all are thinking, well, dang. But let's be real for a minute. You get to use that stuff. It's kind of cool how God works that out. So hopefully today you'll get to use something that you learn. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like I've heard guys preach on, on taking care of your body and they do a good job. Like they're creative and they come up with all these really cool illustrations. I can't remember any of them. So we're just going to be simple today. Is that cool? Can we be simple? All right, we're going to be simple and hopefully give you some steps to take this week. But before that... Again, I, I talk about the fact that I grew up Baptist. And Baptists like to say and, and remind us of a point that I'm going to give you in a little bit, that we're created in the image of God. Then why do we look like we're created in the image of Buddha? I figure if I'm going to step on toes, let's just do it from the front. And then we'll get all that out of the way and then we'll get to the Bible in just a minute. But the reality is, God has given us this, this body, right? Like we get one body. You read the Old Testament, you see how long people lived, and you're like, why in the world do they live long? And if you talk to certain people in multi-level marketing programs, it'll be because they had to have been using their product. <laughs> like there's a very well-known multi-level marketing product company. The founder died at 50-something years old of a heart attack. Gonna say that might not be the answer, guys. Their product might not be the best. Might not be bad, but it might not be the best. But what do we do with our bodies? We're going to talk about that today and why it's so important for us to take care of our body, and we're going to look at that. But the reality is this. Guys, today, after church, there's going to be a bunch of us who we're going to come to church, and we're going to hear spiritual things and sing songs and lift our hands and, raise, and praise Jesus and all that, and then we're going to go kill some tacos. I'm probably one of those guys. Let's be honest with you. Okay, it's going to happen. We're going to go eat. We're going to eat well. But have you ever noticed that we, we make excuses? Have you all ever noticed we make excuses for other areas of our life? For example, we'll say, hey, I can't stop doing X. Fill in the blank, whatever X is. And then somebody will get in your face and say, you have to make the decision to stop doing X. Not ecstasy. For some of y'all should have used a different variable. You need to stop doing ecstasy too, but someone will get in your face. You've got to be careful and be clear here at Action Church. Someone will get in your face. I know Gary and I have had some, some heart-to-heart talks over the last year, and Gary's mean to me. Like, he'll tell me, he'll just be like, you're an idiot, stop being an idiot. And I'll say, but, and I'll start with that B word, and he tells me I don't want to hear it. Just stop. And so this morning, what I hope to do is to help you remove some of those excuses in your life. Okay, let's just be honest for a minute. We got one body. You got one. Like, I tell my kids all the time, make sure you brush your teeth. 
Because my kids, anybody else's kids forget to brush their teeth every morning? Or is it just mine? Because I'm a terrible dad. Okay, we got that out of the picture. Uh, I tell them all the time. They're like, oh, I forgot. This is my, this is, this is crass, I'm sorry. I forget. How do you forget to brush your teeth? I don't know, I just forget. Do you forget to wipe when you go to the bathroom? Some of you are thinking your husband's might. The point being, you just got to do it. You just remember, right? Well, that today we got to take away our excuses, all right? So we're going to look in, in the, at a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, let me kind of set the picture for you. Corinth was a city that was second kind of in the world at this time that, that 1 Corinthians would have been written as far as the population, as far as the trade center, as far as the social center. But it was also a very pagan city. There was a lot of sexual immorality that went on. And so that had infiltrated into the church. And now Paul is writing to the, to the church at Corinth and he's addressing some issues. There were divisions. And, and so he's kind of addressing some different things. Well, we get to 1 Corinthians 6 and he's addressing this issue of sexual immorality. And although he's addressing sexual immorality, he's dealing with something here that also applies to our physical body as well. He doesn't just leave it with the don't. How many of you growing up heard, so, heard people say, or maybe you even felt this way, that church is about a, all the things you can't do? Okay. Well, how many of you came to Action Church and you're like, wait a minute, it's not about what you don't do. Okay. Well, Paul, that's a biblical thing, by the way, because Paul doesn't just tell us what not to do. He tells us what to do in this passage. Now, I don't know about you, but don't tell me something not to do without also giving me a solution. Because that frustrates the snot out of me, right? So he's going to tell us what to do with our body. So let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 19. Right before this passage, or right before this verse, he tells them to flee from sexual immorality. And then in verse 19, he says this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So again, the, the premise is sexual immorality, but that last positive command to honor God with your bodies would indicate that it goes beyond just the prohibition of sexual immorality, and he's telling us to use our bodies in a way that brings honor to God. So then we're going to talk about why it's important for us to take care of our body today. Number one, why is it important for us to take care of our body? You ready? This is simple. <clears throat> Time out. Couple, two times ago that I preached, they said, oh, he can't preach near as long as Gary, and then I preached longer than Gary. So today, we're going to try to keep it short. <laughs> what I need to tell you is every time I say that, it typically goes long. So why should we take care of our body? Well, number one, we take care of our body because we were created in God's image. We're created in God's image. Look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. That's what Scripture says. In Genesis 1, I was going to read it off the back wall, but I'm not, because that's small. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. We were created in the image of God. So why is it that we are supposed to take care of our body? Because we're supposed to be the living representation of the God of the universe who created us on this planet. And when we walk around and we, or we waddle around and we look like Buddha, you can laugh. But look, I, let, time out. Let's be very practical for a minute. I say waddling. Some of y'all are thinking I'm talking about... Listen, do you know when we carry around a bunch of extra weight, it wears our joints out? earlier than they should 
Like, when you're, when you're in your 40s or 50s and you've not had a major traumatic accident in your life and you don't have some degenerative condition and you're having to have hip and knee replacements because you're just too big and you haven't taken care of yourself, guys, I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm that guy too. I've had to fight my weight all my life. And the reality is we take care of our body because we're created in the image of God and if we're going to represent the God of the universe, we need to do it well. We need to do it well. It doesn't mean that we can't enjoy some good barbecue. I was in Texas last weekend, and I got to eat at one of the top 50 barbecue restaurants in the state of Texas. Now, Georgia, y'all got some good barbecue, but y'all do pork. Mm-mm. There's nothing better than a pecan-smoked brisket. You chop that stuff up, throw a little bit of sauce, and here's the deal. If, it, if they have to put sauce in their brisket for it to be good, they cooked it too long. I should taste the brisket and taste the smoke and it be juicy. Some of y'all getting hungry right now, aren't you? Come on, yeah. The deal is, we're created in the image of God. And because we're created in His image, we need to take care of the body that He's given us. He's given us this body, and we're supposed to... Now, some of you are going to say, but Grady, the Bible says in John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and He says that God is spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. He is. But we're also created in His image which means we ought to take care of ourselves because we're representing him. I know that's hard for some of us to, to think. Now, it just, that goes beyond our body, but we, we, we take care of our body because we're representing him. We're creating his image. What else? We take care of our body because he took care when he created us. All right? In Genesis 2-7, I love the creation account. Now, just real quick, I love the creation account because the Bible says in Genesis 1, and God spoke, and it, this occurred. Let there be light, and there was light. Let there be this, and there was this. There was, so he spoke things into existence. But then we get into Genesis 2 where he creates man, and he says this in, ten, in Genesis 2, 5. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant uh, had sprung up for the Lord, had not sent rain on the earth. But streams came up. I said seven, 5. It should be 7. Verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Listen. Then the Lord God formed the man. That word form is the same Hebrew word that referred to a potter making a vessel. And if you've seen a potter spin the potter's wheel and how he, he forms that vessel on the wheel, he takes care and it's very intricate. And if he messes up, you know what he does? He chunks it and starts with a new piece of clay. Guess what? God is the master craftsman. When he created you and I, he didn't screw up. He took care when he formed us. Even David, with his rudimentary knowledge of understanding what happened as far as the human body, because let's just be honest for a minute. In the, back in the day, they didn't really have an understanding of DNA and genetics. But you go into, into David's writings in the book of Psalms, in the 139th Psalm, David says this in verse uh, 13, 139, 13, he says this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, I don't know about you. I can't knit. Some of you probably can, maybe, or you have grandmothers who could. But knitting is something that's a skill that you have to spend time on. And God took time to knit the human body together. Not only did God spend time to knit the human body, he spent time to knit your body together, which means he took care in your body. So if God cares about your body, then you should care about your body because here's the reality. That, that would be like us going to one of these 
festivals that they have around here. I think there's one called Barbecues and Brews or something, but they have these festivals and they have these, these vendors who come around with their crafts and they've, they've put time into it. And you look at it and you're like, well, I could buy that same thing over here at, off Amazon because we buy everything off Amazon nowadays. I could get that off Amazon for 15 bucks. And that's a slap in the face to that artist who spent time and effort honing the skill to be able to create it and to develop it. And yet when we don't take care of the body that God took time to create and to develop and to make us into the being that we are, we're slapping him in the face. He didn't take any shortcuts in his creation of us. We can't take shortcuts in our taking care of our body. I didn't realize I was going to get this excited about this. God took care when he created us. So take care of your body. All right? Third reason we take care of our body. Your body doesn't belong to you. Now, there's, there's two implications here. We'll talk about the, the, the most important one in a minute. But in this same passage in 1 Corinthians, if we keep reading into 1 Corinthians 7, Paul begins to talk about the relationship between husband and wife and talks to them about how uh, their bodies don't belong to one another, to, to themselves, but to the other one. And, and so they're supposed to... So they're, in a sense, if you're married, your body belongs to your spouse, so don't give your spouse a crappy body. But in a bigger sense, look in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. I know there were some husbands right then who I said, don't give your spouse a crappy body, started looking down and being like, uh. It's just the truth. But 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, what we read earlier, it says this, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. The price that Paul is speaking of is the price that Christ paid when he offered himself for us and shed his blood for the remission of sins. In other words, what he's saying is because those of us who have followed Christ are Christ followers, we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, we've been made white, whiter than snow, our sins have been forgiven, so we take this gift of salvation and yet we spit in the, hand, in the face of the guy who bought it but when we don't care for the body that God gave us. And so we take care of the body that we have because because it's not our own. Guys, this is a stewardship issue. If you came to, to someone and, and they, they loaned you a, a tool, I don't know, you, needed, you were building something. I talk about things I know nothing about. So you were building something. I can spot a crescent wrench three out of four times. That's about it. All the guys I drive with be like, you got any tools in your truck? Look, if, it, if it's not a flathead screwdriver, a flashlight, and a hammer, I'm out. I'm done. If I can't fix it with those three things, and then I went off and I left my flashlight on the back of my trailer this week. Man, it's a good flashlight. I don't care how good your flathead screwdriver is, it doesn't shine light. But if you borrowed a tool from somebody because you were building something, you would take care of that tool because it didn't belong to you. Obviously, you didn't have the tool, so you hadn't invested in that tool or whatever because you had to borrow it from someone else. It was on loan to you, so you would care for it. Correct? Our body doesn't belong to us. We ought to care for it. My body is on loan to me from God, and i got to think to myself, man, am I taking care of it the way that I should be taking care of this body? Or am I abusing it and at the same time spitting into the face of a holy God? 
We don't think about that. Now, somebody's going to come up later. Some, somebody with a good Baptist background is going to come to me later, and they're going to say, well, what about that passage when Paul was writing to Timothy, and he said that training the body has little effect, but train ourselves in righteousness? I'm going to tell you absolutely. But can I tell you what, we're, what we have done in our social, social media-crazed world? We have taken things that are both true and we've made them opposing facts. Instead of saying, Grady, I like your green shirt. I also like your red shirt. We, we don't hear those two things as both being true. We hear them say, I like your red shirt. Oh, you don't like my green shirt? It's like we're walking around itching for a fight. We got all kinds of keyboard courage in our world today, but we don't know how to have a conversation with people and two things be true from seemingly opposing sides and both of them be true. That was free. But listen, we take care of our body because it doesn't belong to us. So if I'm going to take care of my body because it doesn't belong to me, I got to realize that God gave me this thing. It's on loan to me. I need to make sure that I'm caring for it in a way that honors him. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Next reason that we, take care, we should take care of our body, real simple. Your body was designed to be active. The human body is an amazing, an amazing thing. But you were designed to be active. I know it's hard for us to believe, and I'm going to use a passage that's going to seem like it's out of context to show this, but it's really not. Look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he's giving them some instructions. They've gotten confused about when Christ is going to return, and some of them think that it's going to be so imminent that they've quit their job, they've sold all their possessions, and they're hanging out, eating barbecue or Chinese food buffets, and waiting on Jesus to come back. And this is what Paul tells them in chapter, 10, or in chapter 3, verse 10. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work should not eat. That, that word work, it implies physical work. It implies us being active individuals. Now, I know some of us say, but, but back then, you know, they didn't have the air-conditioned jobs and the white-collar jobs that we have today, and so are you saying that we have to have blue-collar act? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that your body's designed to work. If you sit around all day and you don't get up and aren't active, you're going to feel worse tomorrow than you would if you'd get up and do something today. Like, I don't know about y'all. A little fun fact. I had a flat this week, which is kind of every day for me. I have a flat every day on one of the trailers that, I'm, that I pull. Piece of junk. Because the owner didn't take care of them. Huh. Didn't we just talk about taking care of our body? Yeah. So I have a flat. There's no tire guy at the plant that day. So I, I have to wait like two and a half hours to get this flat changed. So I'm thinking, I'm going to do something productive. So I start doing pull-ups and push-ups. At the end of the day, I'd done 275 push-ups and 135 pull-ups. That's not a brag. I don't say it to brag. I say that to say the next day, I tried to pick my arms up from here. I did not realize, first of all, using that concrete, not wrapping my hand, my forearms were on fire. I couldn't pick a fork up that night. But the next day, I didn't realize, I hurt. That still felt better than I would have felt if I'd have sat there and not done anything all day. Because your body is designed to move and to be active and to get up 
and get around. You know, God gave us our feet for a reason. I mean, think about this. The Israelites wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. Right? Like they were active individuals. We like to say a lot of things. Have you, do you ever notice if you look at people from that part of the world, there's very few of them who are obese. We say, well, it's, not, it's because they don't enjoy the, the amenities that we do. I don't know if you guys understand this or not, but the Middle East is sitting on some of the largest oil, oil reserves in the world, and they got money over there, folks. Okay? So they got some, some crazy awesome things, and yet they still take care of their bodies. Huh. Why? Because they understand something that we've forgotten. We think that, that, that it's our goal or, or that we should long for the rest. I saw Gary post something this week. If you're living for the weekend or vacation, you're doing it wrong. Like every day should be the weekend. Every day should be your vacation. Like life's an adventure. Live it. We're too busy missing it trying to find out when we can rest next. Live the adventure. To live an adventure, though, you've got to be active. God designed you that way. You're missing out on what God designed you to do. All right, well, there's another reason. I've got to hurry because I told you I was going to be shorter than normal. All right, this one's important, and I think we've missed this one a lot, but it's true. We need to take care of our body because our physical health impacts other areas of our life. Our physical health impacts other areas of our life. In, in 1 Kings chapter 19, so one of my favorite passages in Scripture is 1 Kings 18 where Elijah calls down fire from heaven on, on Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal all get killed. But before that, the prophets of Baal have built their altar and they're out, they're crying out to Baal, asking Baal to answer and this, that, and the other. And, and then they start cutting themselves, trying to get Baal to answer. And Elijah's standing over here making fun of them. I love that. That just tells me that Baptist preachers or any kind of preacher, we can make fun of people if they're stupid. That's probably not what that means, but I promise you if you're stupid, I'm making fun of you. Two things in life I can't stand, stupidity and laziness. One, I'll make fun of you. One, will make me mad. You figure it out. They're standing up there. Elijah's yelling at them, hey, cry louder. Maybe he can't hear you. I can just see him like, doing the belly laugh as he says that. Then they keep going. Then he says this. It's a loose translation, but if you look in the original language, this is actually what he means. Hey, maybe he's in the bathroom. Elijah's just ripping on I love it, okay? They're still going. And Elijah finally has enough. Elijah goes and has the altar prepared. He cries out to God. Fire falls from heaven, consumes the altar, consumes all the water around the altar. And then all these prophets take off running. And Elijah goes and kills 450 prophets of the Baal, 450, prof or 400 prophets of the Grove, 850 prophets. Elijah runs, chase down, kills them all with a sword. Elijah put in some work, Right? But then we get to chapter 19. And in chapter 19, word has gone back to Ahab and Jezebel that what Elijah has done, and Jezebel now cries out. Now again, Elijah has, has, has done this big battle. And, and, and let's be honest, I don't care how good a shape you're in, if you start hacking at people with a sword that probably weighed about 30 or 40 pounds, and you start hacking 800 times, you're going you're gonna to be tired. Right? You've been out there all day, they've been acting stupid, and they've frustrated you. Now you're tired. So we get to chapter 19, and this is what he says in verse 4. He says, well, verse 3, Elijah ran for his life, and he came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he went into a, a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. 
I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Listen to me. Elijah had just had one of the greatest spiritual victories that you could possibly have. He saw God show up and show out in a way that would rock everybody's world. And then all of a sudden, simply because some Jezebel, literally, some Jezebel threatens to have him killed, he hasn't stopped to take the time to rest and take care of his body. Now he's out in the woods being all depressed and, and whining and saying, God, oh, just take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm ready to lay down and die. Can I tell you, when you're tired or when you're hungry, you don't need to make decisions. You need to go to bed and you need to eat. You also don't need to go grocery shopping when you're hungry. That's another story. How many of y'all have made that mistake? My budget for the week's $100 for grocery. You go grocery shopping when you're hungry? Something ain't getting paid that week. I don't even like Oreos. You're going to have a tub of them in your, in your, in your basket. Right? But listen... Your physical health, Elijah's physical well-being in this, because he hadn't stopped and rested, Elijah's physical well-being led him to a place of severe depression in this text. Listen, if you're not squared away, physically taking care of your body, you're going to get depressed. Some of you are going to tell me, that's fine, I'll, I'll just go pop another whatever you're popping. Can I tell you that, listen, I'm not here to say that depression doesn't exist, but can I tell you this? Many times, if we just use our body the way God designed us to be used, we wouldn't need a bunch of the junk that we're taking. <clears throat> Y'all can give your insurance company and your pharmaceutical companies all your money if you want to. I'd like to keep mine. If that means I've got to eat some salad every now and then to keep my blood pressure down, I'll do that. If it means I had to quit watching the Dallas Cowboys to keep my blood pressure down, I'll do that. It's just going to happen. Take care of your body. We should take care of our body because it impacts other areas of our life. Gary said well, a couple weeks ago that I don't, he's, I'm not, he's not as spiritual as me because I don't use notes. Look, I just hide them better. He does, I actually learned from him. He didn't know that. Next reason, we take care of our body because our body is a part of our testimony. Here's the deal. Can, can, we just, can we talk and be honest for a minute? Okay. We live in a world that judges people based on our physical appearances. And we say, well, we shouldn't judge. Okay. You do. I do. You do. We all do. You look at somebody and you think they're well put together, or you look at somebody and you think they don't have their junk together. Am I right? When you look at someone who tells you that they've been set free, but you can tell they're still enslaved to the buffet, it makes you wonder if what they're saying is actually something that can be believed, does it not? So our physical health is a part of our testimony. Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9. Now, so as, I'm, as we're flipping there, let me, let me tell you, 1 Corinthians 9, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth still, and what they, they had this, these games in Corinth called the Isthmian Games and they were second in size only to the Olympic Games and so as they've got these games Paul was using these athletic metaphors that they would have understood but look at what he says in verse 24 do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize 
Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, nor do I fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. I like the Grady translation. I strike a blow to my body and make it my punk. So that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified to win the prize. Paul's saying that we take care of our body. Now, he's using that to be his whole life, but it affects our body. We take care of our body because our body is part of our testimony. People look at us, and they need to say, man, that guy looks like he might be set apart. He's doing something. It looks like he's got his life. Or that girl's doing something. It looks like they got their life squared away. They're taking care of their body. They're not just wasting this life. You know, a lot of times we say... It's not being said anymore, but that whole you only live once thing, you do only live once. So take care of the body. Don't abuse it. Some of you who might have a few more years experience or might be a little older is the nicest way I can say that. You might be a little bit older. Some of you are probably wishing you had taken care of your body 20 years ago better than you did. Right? Why is it that we can't learn from other people's mistakes? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Why do some of us have to make them ourselves to learn? Because here's why. We think it'll never happen to us. Can I, I'm about to burst your bubble. Are you ready? I, I, I love you, but let me tell you, I'm about to burst your bubble. You're not special. The principles of truth are the principles of truth for you and for me. We're not special. We can't escape reality. Have you ever taken two apples and two apples and put them together? How many apples you get? You can, make, you can want 12 apples as much as you want, but if you have two and two and put them together, what are you going to get? You're not, it's never going to be 12. Somebody's going to come up here and tell me later, but two is just an arbitrary number. No, there's two, and there's two, and you put them together and you have, it's never 12. My point is this. Taking care of your body and seeing someone else's mistakes who didn't take care of their body and think you can do the same thing they did and it not affect you and not impact you is like saying two plus two is 12. Because absolute truth exists. And if you deny that, here's, here's a proof that absolute truth exists. You ready? Does the sun rise in the east or west? East. Have you ever seen it rise in the west? Have you ever seen it set in the east? Absolute truth exists. You can't escape it. Well, the next reason is because our body, and this is a big one, we take care of our body because our body is where the Holy Spirit resides. Now, if you grew up in church, you probably heard things like this from little, well-meaning little old blue-haired ladies who said something like this. Don't run in the church. It's a good day to be in the Lord's house. Heard things like that? Can I tell you, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the temple, if you'll go back and you'll read, and th there was the tabernacle, and then when Solomon built the temple, if you go in there and you read, the temple was designed to be ornate and laid out and taken care of so that everybody around, all the nations around would see that and see that the, that the Israelites served a God who literally dwelled in that place and he was worthy of the very, very best. That's why there was gold this, and there was, it was all laid out so ornately. But it was so that others would see that the God of Israel was a special God and was different than all of the false gods that the other peoples worshipped. And so it was laid out to be. But here's the deal. 
When Jesus hung on the cross and he cried out with a loud voice, it is finished, there was an earthquake and the temple veil, what separated the Holy of Holies from the outer court was ripped from top to bottom so that no longer was man and God separated or was God's presence confined to one location. When it was ripped open, it get through Jesus, we have access into the presence of the Father and now his residence is not in a building made with hands, it's in the bodies of those who trusted Christ. God's spirit itself, the God of the universe lives within you why would you not take care of your body you're housing the God of the universe it's the it's the it's where God dwells among us the Holy Spirit Jesus said if I don't go the Holy Spirit or the comforter cannot come where did the comforter come the comforter takes up residence in the lives of those of us who are Christ followers so we take care of this body because we're the we're the house of the living God we ought to look like the tabernacle or the temple of the Old Testament with our bodies instead some of us are looking like the rundown meth trailer park I ain't trying to be mean. I'm really not. I'm telling you, we don't take care of our bodies because we don't have the right perspective of why we should take care of our bodies. That's why we don't. All right. I used to always get mad when I would go to church and they would tell me what I needed to do or they would gripe at me for what I did, but they didn't tell me how to do what I needed to do. Am I the only one who gets frustrated with that? So I'm going to give you the how to take care of your body. Ready? Ready? If you'll meet me after church, we'll have a discussion about Amway. I'm kidding. It was a total joke. Total joke. Total joke. I had to throw that in there. I just thought, why not? How do we take care of our body? First thing, I'm going to give you this. This is going to be the most simple thing. You develop discipline. You develop discipline. Some of you are going to say, well, Grady, that doesn't help. I want to take a pill. You know, we live in a society that says there's a pill for everything. So we can take a pill for this, take a pill for that, take a pill for this, take a pill. Listen, we take care of our body. First thing we have to do is we have to develop discipline. Look at what, look at what the author of Hebrews says in, in chapter 12, verse 11. As soon as I get there myself. Chapter 12, he says this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? How many of you have experienced that, though? No discipline is pleasant at the time. It's painful. When you get up in the morning for that 4.30 alarm to go off so you can go to the gym before you go to work, some of you are thinking, Grady, at four, I didn't know there were two 4.30s a day. Right? You get up in the morning, you go to the gym, you're, the first week you're going to think, oh my goodness, I am dying. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But look at this. Later on, however, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. In the moment, discipline is miserable. Later on, you're thankful for it. So if you want to take care of your body, the first thing you have to do is develop discipline. For some of you, that, that may be discipline to go to the gym. For some of you, that may be discipline to stop eating things a certain way. For some of you, it, it may mean that you develop the discipline of following your doctor's instructions and taking care of your body, taking the medication they've prescribed you. It, that's, that may mean what it is, but develop discipline. Well, how do I develop the discipline? First thing you got to do is you got to set a habit and stick to it, period. And I admit, I'm preaching to myself right now, so I'm not pointing that way, I'm pointing this way. There was a season in my life for about three years where I got up every day at 4.30 and I went to the gym. 
every day at 4.30. I got up twice at 4.30 this week, and I looked at the clock and said, eh, I don't think so, Skippy. I went right back to sleep. It wasn't happening. But I'll tell you this, when you develop discipline and you set a schedule, and you say, I'm going to get up at, and maybe 4.30, I'm throwing a number out there, so 5.30. I'm going to get up at 5.30, I'm going to go to the gym. And then you're going to come back to me and you're going to say, Grady, you don't understand what I was going on in my life. I don't have the time to do that. But can I tell you this? And this is going to hurt. I'm just going to be real with you. It's going to hurt. You have the time to do whatever is most important to you. If it's important for you to take care of your body, you will develop the time. If it's not important for you to take care of your body, you'll find an excuse. Bottom line. I'll tell you right now. This week, it wasn't important enough for me to get up and go to the gym every morning. I did make it to the gym and take a shower, though, before I went to work. When you live in a truck, you've got to be creative. Develop discipline. Set a schedule. Get up and do it. You're not going to like it at first. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Some of you don't like doing laundry, but I bet if you quit doing laundry for a while, you'll eventually do laundry. Right? Or you could be like somebody I used to know. They just went and bought new clothes. I hope they don't hear this later because they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I just went and bought new clothes. All right, I need to do laundry. I'll go shopping. No, go, buy, go do laundry. Develop the discipline of doing what you need to do. Same thing with your body. Develop discipline. All right, next thing that you do. If you want to take care of your body, you develop discipline. Develop a plan. Develop a plan. Develop a plan. Develop a plan. I don't care if your plan is some multi-level marketing nutritional supplement. I don't care if your plan is to drink protein shakes from GNC. I don't care what your I don't care if your plan is to get up at 4 30 every morning and go to the gym. I don't care if your plan is to change your diet. I don't care what your plan is. Develop a plan. Proverbs chapter 24, I think. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 24. Now, the Israelites were a farming community. So this, this is a farming illustration. But look at what he says. Look at what Solomon says. He says, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. He's telling, the, he's telling the, his sons in this text to develop a plan. If you're going to take care of your body, it can't start by just saying, I want to lose weight. I want to get in shape. I want to do this. You've got to develop a plan. You've got to have a plan to do that because if you don't, What's going to happen? You're going to get up tomorrow, and you're going to have a reason to not do what you want to do. And six months from now, you're going to be the same place you are now, if not worse. And you're going to think to myself, oh, I'm miserable. You're going to get depressed. You're going to get down. You're going to start kicking yourself. You say, oh, I'll never get in shape. I'll never, da, da, da. And you're going to start whining and crying. And then somebody's going to have to get in your face and say, quit being an idiot. Develop some discipline. Develop a plan. Third, third way, find someone to hold you accountable. Because as human beings, we can find all kinds of excuses. Find somebody to hold you accountable. Proverbs 27, or Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Find somebody to hold your stinking tail accountable. I love you, but find somebody to hold you accountable and give them the freedom to do it. That kind of goes back to that discipline. I love that Gary posts his Orange Theory Fitness thing every day as a, as a form of accountability. I love it. I think it's great. Can I also say this, though? If you don't have somebody holding you accountable in every area of life, you're cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself. Last time I was here, or a time before, I don't know, I said something about 
you know, having a steady diet of the Word, reading the Word, and, and challenge some of you to start in the book of Proverbs. Read a proverb a day for the month, you know, one a day, except today read two because there's 31 Proverbs, and, or start a day early. I couldn't start a day early because it would get me off on the date. I'd be all messed up. But several of you have sent messages saying, hey, I'm doing this. Just check on me every day or so. Check on me every couple of days. Make sure I'm staying up. So, but that's the same thing with our body. We've got to take care of our body in that same way. And the way we do it is we develop accountability by asking someone, hey, check on me. And some of us will say, well, I would go to the gym if I could find someone to go with me. Okay. You're the other person I get mad at at the gym. Two people I get mad at at the gym. You ready? The ones who won't get off their phone and use the equipment. Okay. And the ones who bring a workout buddy and talk the whole time instead of working out. Like, I want to do a Hulk Hogan leg drop or a Ric Flair flying elbow or something exactly to get them out of the way. Because they take their time. But that's, I'm not saying you have to have somebody go with you. Listen, if you're depending on someone else to go to the gym with you so that you'll get, take care of your body, the moment they quit, you're not going to take care of your body. It's got to become a priority for you to let them be, hold you accountable. And the last thing, and this is super simple. I told you I'm going to be short today, super simple. I mean, I'm short every day, but it's going to be a short message today. <clears throat> super simple. Work the stinking plan. doesn't matter what your plan is if you don't work the plan. If your plan is to get up every day and go run, then you've got to do it. About a year and a half ago, <clears throat> I, I started, maybe about two years ago now, I started running obstacle course races. My standard joke up until that point was, um, if you saw me running, you should probably try to keep up because something was chasing me. Like, I ran twice. If, I, if you ever saw me running prior to that, it was probably because I was in a bad way and I was ill and trying to get to a restroom or somebody said dinner was ready. I did not run at all. My doctor looked at me one day Y'all remember a few weeks ago, Gary said that his favorite emoji is the smiley face because you can tell anybody anything if you send a smiley face. So my doctor about three years ago looked at me and said, you're fat. You need to lose 60 pounds. And I just want you to know, I don't think it was any nicer that way with a smile than it would have been if she had had a scowl. It was still pretty mean. I didn't like it. You know what I mean? Didn't make it any better that she smiled, okay? So I started running. I made a commitment in January, starting January 2nd, to run a 5K every day except on Sundays. On Sundays, I ran five miles. And I would do it on a treadmill. I hated running so bad that I had Netflix on my phone at the time, and I loved MASH, so I watched episodes of MASH while I ran. I'm not going to tell you how long it took me to run that first 5K, but I'll say I watched more than one episode of MASH. Did that every day for a month. Then in April of that year, they took MASH off of Netflix. It messed my world up. I tried to watch Breaking Bad. First season was fine. Second season was slow. So I was like, this is boring me out of my mind. So I started running outside. I started running outside, and I noticed something. That 3.1 miles every day started turning into 4 and 5 miles every day except on Sunday. On Sunday afternoon, I went to one of those good Baptist churches that had church in the morning and church at night. And two times a month, we had a meeting that had to happen before church at night that I had to be there for because I was the pastor dude. So I'd go home on Sunday afternoon, I'd eat lunch. 
change clothes, and I'd start running. I'd run seven to nine miles every Sunday afternoon. Then somebody challenged me and said, hey, there's this obstacle course race coming to Cedartown called the Bone Frog Challenge. You should run it. And at that point, my life had been, I think mud runs are the dumbest thing in the world. I think they're stupid. We're going to do if you've got this, you know, 18. Yeah, let's do it. 35? What am I going to do if I roll an ankle? That's what I'm thinking. Like, I've got to work tomorrow, right? Somebody challenged me to run this obstacle course race, and I ran it. Fell in love with it. Absolutely loved it. So I started running obstacle course races. I kept running more and found reasons to do different workouts. Dropped down, dropped quite a bit of weight. But about a year and a half ago, I was running like that every day. Life happens and things change. We're not running like that anymore. Still running a little bit. But my point being is you've got to get a plan, and you've got to work the plan. My doctor could have told me, oh, by the way, I didn't tell you all this. I never made it to the 60 pounds that she asked me to lose because, let's be real, I'm a big dude. It's not going to happen. But I went from 267 pounds to 211 pounds about a year and a half ago. And I say that, can I tell you, I say that not to brag on Grady. I say that to say this. I don't care what your plan is. You've got to work the plan. If your plan I, mean, like, I shouldn't say I don't care what the plan is. If your plan is you're going to lose weight by smoking or, or smoking meth, you need to change that plan. Okay? That's a bad plan. But if your plan is that you're going to get in shape and it's going to be by running or it's going to be by circuit workouts, like I get bored running now, so I like to do circuit workouts. Um, and then I get bored with those, so I'll go run for a while. And then I'll get bored with that, so I'll do some strength training for But I get bored really easy. I think I have ADD. I'm not real sure. Um, ADD. D-D-D-D-D. But the point being, work the plan. Listen, we take care of our body because of the reasons that I listed, and I'm going to tell you, and we just talked about how you can take care of your body. But listen to me. It does not matter. None of us are getting out of here alive anyway. Unless the Lord comes back, none of us are getting out of here alive. So why not make the few years we have on this earth as good as they can possibly be by taking care of that which God has entrusted to us? Why not take care of it? Make a, live the adventure. Some of you are going to say, but Grady, I'm not going to do anything on Sunday. Sunday's a day of rest. Let's be real. A lot of us are resting six other days of the week too. Right? Take care of it. All right. I don't know if it made sense. Hopefully it did. Hopefully that you'll all get out of here this afternoon. We'll all go run together, all that fun stuff. I think it'd be great. You know, churches have potlucks together. Like they have, let's come and eat together. Let's all go out to eat, go to this restaurant, go to that restaurant. I think it'd be great if like sometime a church just said, we're going to have a group workout. Let's all go take over this gym. And like they, they get walked in, they, they saw us coming in and be like, oh crap, here come the Christians. You know, because like they're fixing to come in here and kill the gym. There's going to be sweat everywhere. Wouldn't that be amazing if we got known for something like that instead of go, they see us at the buffet and they're like, oh crap, here come the Christians. Put out more teriyaki my hope this week is that this challenges you and that it encourages you to take care of the body that God's entrusted to you let's pray together